Hey, so let's continue our halacha. Great, let's do it. So last time we started talking about the malacha of Chorish, of plowing, and we saw a few ramifications for this day and age. However, we left with our cliffhanger twice already with the question of what are we supposed to do with eating outside in the backyard? But there's a few more other applications for Chorish since the Gemara adds to plowing, also a few other types of digging. Let's talk a little bit about more of those applications today. Yeah, as you mentioned, the Gemara says it's not only Chorish, it's also other actions of digging in the ground, including Hachorix. Hachorix is to dig a small ditch in the ground. So good, so you won't dig anything in the ground, Sometimes it happens. Like what happens if you're dragging a bench and you drag a bench along your backyard? You need to move it to the other side because you want to sit on the other side of the yard and it may or may not create a ditch in the backyard. Is that a problem? So that brings us to a very fundamental principle in Hilchel Shabbos that actually applies outside of Hilchel Shabbos as well, but we'll focus on Hilchel Shabbos for now, called Dover She'eno Miskavin. What is Dover She'eno Miskavin? That refers to a situation where you take two actions. You intend to do action A and it may or may not result in action B. Action A is you want to move a bench from one side of your yard to the other side of your yard, it may or may not result in a second action taking place, action B, which is the ditch being created as you drag it along. What's the halacha in that case? Well, it's the machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. We paskin like Rabbi Shimon, you don't intend action B to take place, that would be mutter. You don't have to be concerned that action B might happen if what you're doing, in this case, action A, moving a bench across the yard, you're allowed to do that, even though it may result digging of a small ditch in the ground. So in our first conversation about Hilcha Zorea, we mentioned there's an issue also of secret when something will definitely happen even though you didn't mean for it to happen. So what about in our situation? What about Psikresha here? Well, let's explain what that means exactly. The Gemara tells us that even though Rabbi Shimon holds that if the second result may or may not happen, it's permitted, you don't have to worry about it. If it surely will happen, then it is a problem. That's called a Psikresha. Now don't get too queasy here, but the Gemara's example is cutting off a chicken's head in order to play with the chicken's head. Times were tough back in the day. So they use the chicken's head as a toy for the kids. That's okay, per se, you're allowed to sever a chicken's head. Problem is, is, it will surely result in the death of the chicken. And you're not allowed to kill an animal on Shabbos. That's a malach of shechita. And so there, the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon would agree that would be a problem. That's a psikresha. That's the prototype, the classic example where something certainly will take place. The literal translation of a psikresha is cutting off the head. When you cut off the head, it will surely lead to the problematic second result of killing animals. So in such cases, even Rabbi Shimon, who generally permits Davrashen Meskaven, would agree that would be a problem. So going back to dragging the bench, when the bench is very heavy, and it will almost surely lead you to make a ditch as you drag it along, that would be a problem as the Mishaburu notes. But if the bench is somewhere in between where it may or may not result in that, then it would be permitted to drag the bench across to the other side of the yard. Are we talking about dragging benches only in the yard, on ground, or also on paved floors? So the Mishaburu notes, as we talked about last week, usually we say you can't do things even on paved surfaces because you may forget yourself and do it on a ground surface, on a natural surface. However, in his footnote, he says that if the whole city or the majority of the city has tiled floors, has paved surfaces, then it would be permitted. And so nowadays where we all have tiled floors, it would be completely permitted to drag heavy items across the floors. Okay, so dragging a bench is an interesting case, but more common is actually pushing a stroller. What about a heavy stroller, a double stroller with two kids in it, which would definitely make a ditch. What about that? That's a great question. That sounds like it should be a problem. And the Gemara actually thinks that at first it would be a problem. However, the conclusion of the Gemara in Beitza is that it's only a problem when you dig up dirt. The pressing dirt down 
down, that would not be a violation of Chorish. And Rashi explains that plowing, which is, remember, that's the malacha we're talking about here, is when you take dirt and move it from its initial place. But when you simply press dirt down, that would be okay. And therefore, even a heavy stroller or a wheelchair it would be permitted to push through the ground because it would only push the dirt down and not dig it up like some of these other things. Great. So going back to our backyard question, because I'm not going to let you off this question this time. So now we understand that Sikresha, when something will definitely happen, then it's a problem in Shabbos. And therefore, when you eat a meal outside, you will most probably wash your hands and the grass will definitely get watered by washing your hands. And therefore, it's prohibited. So why is there a difference between your backyard and other backyards? No, I owe you an answer. But I want to clarify one point before I get there. As you just mentioned, the concern is that you're pour water on the grass. The concern is not that you'll accidentally spill water on the grass, like by knocking over a cup with your elbow. That would be something else. That's something called misasik, when you don't even realize what you're doing. That would be like bumping into a light switch when you walk into the bathroom. Your elbow just hits the light and it goes on. If you knew something was prohibited, you just didn't realize you were doing it, completely unaware of what you're doing, that would be misasik, much less of a violation of doing something even bishogit. And therefore, what we're worried about here is not knocking over water with your elbow that'll spill onto the grass. That would be misasik. You should avoid that, but that's not something we need to stop you from eating in your backyard for. The issue is washing your hands. Based on this, I asked Rav saw the question many years ago, perhaps this prohibition would only apply to a meal where you actually wash the tilsi dime over the grass. But just having a snack in the backyard, taking a quick drink, that's not a problem. There's no reason to think that you're going to come to pour the water over the grass. And Rav thought that was a good distinction. And it's specifically a meal in the grass that would be a problem. But going back to your question, what's the difference between your yard and someone else's yard? The Gemara and Shabbos says that this principle of Sikresha only applies in a situation where it is nichalen, where it is beneficial to you or you're happy with the result that takes place. But if it's lo nichalei, which Rashi explains lo ichbasle, you don't care about the second result that takes place, then it is not a problem. Is that permitted? That's a major machlokas in the Arab. He says that it's permitted. However, Tosos and all the other Rishonim hold that it's still asimidir abban. The Shulchan Aruch does quote the opinion of the Aruch. However, he notes that most of the Rishonim disagree and therefore we would paskin that even a psikreisha de lo would be a problem, albeit midir abban. The fact that it's der is going to help us in this case. The Mishra Brura notes that there's a distinction between your yard and someone else's yard. In your yard, if you would pour water over the grass, you would be happy with the result. You want your grass watered. That would be a psikreisha de nichalei. If you would do that, that would be a problem in HaTorah. However, in someone else's yard where you don't really care, that would be a psikreisha de lo nichalei. It's still also midir abbanan. However, do we need to stop you from eating to avoid an iser de abbanan? No. Only for the potential of an iser de oraisa that we would recommend not to even eat in the yard. But at the end of the day, the worst that could be would be an iser midir abbanan. We would allow you to eat in the yard. And that's why the Mishra Bruce says this whole concept of the Ramah only seems to apply in your own yard, but not in someone else's yard. Now, because psikreisha de lo is only midir abbanan, it's going to help us with some other things as well. Let's say you have a cane with a sharp point or high heels or a garden chair with that's very sharp that one might have thought that's a problem because it's surely going to result in making a little hole. So the Mishra Brewer notes that since here it's only a psikreisha de lo and we can throw on some other principles. It's kalaachar It's something that's done not the normal way to dig. You don't normally dig with a garden chair. You dig with a hoe or something. It's a shino. It's a change from the normal way of doing things. Moreover, it's mechalkel, probably destructive. You can't really do anything with that ditch. It's not a helpful ditch. So we have a psikreisha de lo with two other reasons to make it midrabanan, to knock it down for being malacha daraisa, that would be permitted. And therefore, the high heels, the canes, the garden chairs would all be permitted in the backyard. Got it, got it. So a lot of details, especially when you start digging, pun intended, into all these rules of Hilchel Shabbos, of the malachas, you actually find a world full of details of what you can do, how you can do. And maybe in our next conversation, let's talk a little bit about more of these details and what they mean for our day-to-day life and for our Shabbos life. How do they affect our Shabbos and how do they affect in general 
our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That was amazing. Thank you for your time. Really my pleasure. I enjoyed it as always. Wonderful. So we'll talk next week. For more short and fast-paced Talking Torah clips, make sure to check out our YouTube channel.